You're listening to Randall Parker's Film Club with me, Randall Parker. On this week's Film Club, we'll review a couple of films off the list of greatest films of all time off the website www.thisisthedarkcorridor.com. Uh, from 1948, we've got a film called The Bicycle Thief, and one requested by a listener from 2017 called Snatched. Alongside that, we'll have a film face-off, a few emails, a couple of film facts, and some of the other crap we get embroiled in. Embroiled. Fucking banging word, that, ain't it? Embroiled. Embroiled. So how are you lot? What have I been up to since the last podcast? Let's have a think uh, where to start, really. Well, how about starting with some good news? Well, not good news for me particularly, but good news for Francis and Donna. As last week, Slow Francis asked Donna to marry him for some unfathomable reason. She said yes. It's probably got something to do with him and her kids, Jackson and John Wick, you know. Seems to get on well with them. Probably something to do with the dense fuckers all having the same mental age. They like watching YouTube videos of monster trucks and wrestling, you know, that sort of shit. Apparently, he popped the question to her at the hospital. He had wanted to do it to Burger King. What happened was he'd put the engagement ring in Donna's flame grill whopper and was expecting to open up the burger to remove the gherkins and find the ring. Only the backwards twat forgot whose burger was which and he started to choke on the ring when he was scoffing it down like a fucking pig. Anyways, he had his stomach pumped and gave the ring a quick rinse and got down on one knee and proposed to Donna. And the fat fuck needed two nurses to get back up again after that. Saw him and his mates, you know, having a celebratory drink down the pub the other night. Looked like a fucking PG Tips advert. Apparently Donna and Francis are going to have an engagement party to celebrate in a week or two. Don't know the exact date yet, but I'm pretty sure I'm busy that night. Randall Parker's Film Fact Action star Jason Statham likes to nip off at a particularly stinky shit minutes before his wife goes for a nice relaxing bath. Randall Parker's Film Fact Another one of them later on in the show. Uh, Mum's case is up in court next week with Mr White setting off to Amsterdam with his legal team soon. He's been really odd with me the past few weeks ever since Mr Van Der Beek's been over here, you know, and I've been hanging around with him so much. Things came to a head last Tuesday night when we were at the church hall for Ken's concert. I did a mention Ken was doing a concert for Africa. No particular part of Africa, just Africa, all of it. Uh, it's part of Ken's therapy. Ken's a bit of a shut-in, I said before now, and he was getting some therapy, and his therapist said, uh, you know, to do something out of his comfort zone, so Ken organised a concert. I think his therapist meant something a bit more low-key, like a trip to Asda or a picnic in the park. But Ken had other ideas and put on a full concert of show tunes. But I've gone off topic there, haven't I? Uh, Mr White, yeah, uh, he went right mental after the concert and had a full-on punch-up with Mr Van Der Beek in the car park of the Tesco Express. Got nasty, it did. Mr White said he was trying to take his family off of him and how he was the dad whilst kicking him full pelt in the kidneys. And Mr Van Der Beek said how he was probably the father whilst biting a chunk out of Mr White's leg. So confusing. How can they be each other's dads? The maths just doesn't work out. And they keep pointing at me and dragging me into the petty arguments. I had to call the police to break it up. 
Yeah, the police showed up and broke things up, which was quite amazing as normally when you phone the police. It takes them six days to come round, but they were round there in a flash and Mr Van Der Beek and Mr White have decided that there's only one way to settle the argument. That's of a DNA test to find out who is the dad. All very confusing, I can tell you. And to muddy the waters further, I've got to give it a DNA sample as well. Don't know, probably some sort of baseline test or something for the results or something. It's all very boring. So all that stuff went off on Friday and the results should be back soon and hopefully we can put all this bollocks behind us. It's quite odd, they can't stand each other. It's very much alike. They both like to give me money, take me out for meals and hug me. And both of them refer to me as their boy. Strange that. Emails. What, what, what the fuck are you playing at? This tea tastes a bit funny. That's because it's coffee, you fucking melon. Oh, okay. Enough of that shad, let's start the show properly with emails. We've got a couple of crackers today, so let's dive straight in. The first one starts, Dear Randall, love the podcast. Well, love is a strong word, isn't it? I would say I mildly enjoy your podcast. The other week I was walking down the street when a man ran from a shop carrying an armful of goods and was followed by the shop owner shouting, Stop, thief! As the man ran past me, I stuck my foot out and tripped the robber over and he went arse over tit and the goods flew into the road where passing cars ran over them. I was expecting a pat on the back and maybe some sort of reward, but all I got was a mouthful of abuse from the shop owner saying that the goods were ruined and I am being sued by the robber as his two front teeth are broken when he hit the pavement. But my question to you is this, is there ever a time when you tried to do a good deed but it ended up blowing up in your face? Best wish is John Cleese. Thanks for writing in, John. Fucking good question, that is. Let me have a think. There was that time in Morrison's when I... No, I don't think I'm legally allowed to talk about that. Bit like the incident, you know, that got been banned from Birmingham City Centre. I did once tell on Mark Richards, who stole some chalk off the blackboard, then I got me head panned in by him when I'd grassed on him. I fucking love grassing people up, I do. Why is it frowned on so much? I think the measuring system is a bit cocked up in the criminal underworld, don't you? You know, it's all right to fuck a granny over and nick a pension, but telling someone you get shit shoved through your letterbox and get beaten to fuck. Strange that, isn't it? Uh, Next email goes, Dear Randall, I have a theory that time expands and contracts of its own free will. When it contracts, time appears to move quicker, and when it expands, it appears to move slower. What are your thoughts on this? Many thanks, Julie Goodyear. Hmm. Next email goes. Dear Randall, imagine the scenario. You are on a celebrity train on the way back from the Cannes Film Festival. And whilst tootling along, the brakes fail and the train will crash, killing everyone on board. But luckily, you have bought with you your special rocket jetpack, which is capable of not only saving you, but a single other passenger on the train. Unfortunately, due to the extreme turn of events, you only have access to six celebrities, and you have to choose one of them, and forever you will be hailed as the hero who saved one of the following. Dwayne The Rock Johnson, Chris Pratt, Brie Larson, Will Smith's moody wife, Gwyneth Paltrow and Vin Diesel. Who do you save? Best wishes, Bradley Pitt. Yeah, thanks for that, Bradley. What a fucking choice there. What a bunch of wankers. I think I'd probably just quietly say that I was nipping off for a shit, then pop my jetpack on and leave them all to die in the crash, and if I'd got enough fuel, probably circle the wreckage looking at the mangled bodies, you know, cheering myself up. 
hope that's answered your question, Bradley. Dear, well, let's crack on with a fucking review. Right, so on to our first film this week, and it's a black and white one from 1948, but don't let that put you off. It's called The Bicycle Thief, and it's directed by a bloke called Vittorio de Sica. Vittorio de Sica, or something like that anyway, I don't speak fucking Italian. Uh, it's a fucking baggy name though, I'll give him that. Uh, so this starts off, and it's set in the olden days, you know, at a sort of dole office where these blokes are hanging out. And this old twat, handing out the jobs, calls for this one bloke called Antonio. And he says to him, Oi, you've got a bike, ain't you? Well, this job's for a bloke with a bike. Here you go. Uh, go to this place, and they'll tell you what to do. And he's dead chuffed, and he says, Thanks very much. Not like the fucking dole office down here. Most of the blokes down there stink of piss and fags, and would run a fucking mile if you offered them a job. But back to the film... Antonio goes home and he lives in a right fucking shithole and he's piss poor and you can tell that and he says to his wife I've got a fucking job but it's just my luck that my bike's at the pawn shop and she says tell you what let's pawn the bed sheets and get your bike back and we'll be rolling in the coin so that's what they do anyway he starts his job and he's putting these posters up around town he's riding around carrying a ladder and he stops off at this one place to put a poster up and he's up the ladder and some dozy looking prick steals his fucking bike and Antonio thinks, oh, fuck, you know, and legs it after him, but can't catch him. So next thing he does, nips off to the police station, he says, some twats nicked me fucking bike. And they sort of go, what the fuck do you want us to do about it? Nice to know some things are the same worldwide over, ain't it? So it's home time, and instead of going home, he goes to see his fat mate, and he says, me bike's been fucking nicked, mate. Can you help me get it back? And his fat mate says, yeah, sure. So the next day, Antonio and his son, Here's a weird-looking bugger, I can tell you. They nip off with Fatty and a couple of his mates and go around a few car boot sales to see if someone's selling the stolen bike, but they can't find it. Then Fatty says, Fuck this for a lark, you're on your own, matey, and pisses off. So Antonio and his son uh, bugger off to another car boot sale and he starts to piss down with rain. Then they see this bloke who nicked the bike, right, talking to some old codger, and they follow him to a church where it's sort of where they look after tramps and they have a bit of a bust-up and the old fucker legs it off. Uh, the kid starts moaning and Antonio gives him a bit of a slap and says, wait by the bridge, whilst I fuck off for a bit. And Antonio fucks off. Then he hears a load of people screaming, oi, there's a dead kid floating in the river. And Antonio thinks, ah, oh, fucking hell, it's my kid, isn't it? But he goes along and he's really chuffed that it ain't his kid. And so him and his kid, who's called Bruno, nip off for a slap up feed at a calf. Then after dinner, they see the bloke who nicked the bark and follow him. And Antonio says, oi, you f***ed, you stole my bark. And the bloke says, fuck off, and the entire street round on Antonio and tell him to fuck right off. But at this point, Antonio's in a right fucking grump, and he sees a bike like his, and he thinks, fuck it, I'm going to nick that bike, and tries to nick it, gets chased and caught, and is about to get taken to the coppers when the bloke whose bike it was sees Bruno crying and lets him off, and Bruno and his son fuck off home, knowing they'll never get the bike, and Antonio will lose his job, and they'll probably all die of starvation. And that's sort of where it ends. What a depressing fucking film. Put me on a right fucking downer, I can tell you. I was in a right good mood and everything before to put this fucking thing on. What a fucking pile of shite. I think it was supposed to be a social commentary on how Italy was just after the Second World War. Well, who gives a flying fuck? Imagine being in Italy after the war, right? You take your girlfriend to the pictures, hoping to Copperfield, and you both end up on tablets because you've been watching this depressing shit. Ratings-wise, I'm going to put this on a par with having toothache. Uh, that was The Bicycle Thief. 
Watch that if you want to see a little boy who looks like a middle-aged man walk around with his dad for hours and fucking hours. Did you enjoy Jubilee? Yeah, surprisingly I did. Uh, perhaps I'm getting old, you know, yeah. I enjoyed it so much, I'm looking forward to Coronation we're probably going to have in a couple of years. Just a quick shout out to Tommy Slippers, who surprisingly has managed to get himself a job. First job he's had in 20 years, since he killed four people with food poisoning when he was the head chef at that posh hotel back in the day. Not much of a stretch for him, he's got a job at the local chippy where he usually spends his days sitting in the corner stinking a piss and chatting shit. Yeah, not serving or anything like that, he's going to be their chippy man. You know the bloke, don't you? Every chippy's got a chippy man. Yeah, the bloke who every 20 minutes he comes out the back with a bucket of raw chips, lifts the lid off the gravy, has a look in, then fucks off in the back again. Yeah. Yeah, he ain't happy about it. Apparently the moody cow down the dole office put him on a back-to-work scheme and it's either that or get his claim stopped. <laughs> Films that what I would like to see. So, on to the part of the podcast that listener Steve Watson from Luton called Fucking Shocking. Uh, films that what I would like to see, where I pitch a film idea for a film that what I would like to see. Now, this week's film is a historical epic called Nottingham. Now, it's not a history about that fucking shit, Al. Now, it's a story of Robin Hood, but done from the perspective of the Sheriff of Nottingham. I've always sort of felt sorry for him, you know, he was only doing his fucking job running Nottingham, you know, all that paperwork it entailed, when some fucking robbing thief comes and nicks cash and makes him look like a fucking tit. I think that'd be a winner, that would, yeah. Never understood why Robin Hood was a good guy, you know, in all these stories. He just sounded like a wrong one to me. The sheriff never got the recognition he deserved. Bit like the Emperor in Star Wars. Now it's all fucking Han Solo and Luke got all the praise, but you know, think of all the pressure he was under, right? All that fucking paperwork, the meetings, right? No wonder he looked like fucking shit. Wasn't all sitting on your big throne shooting lighting out the fingers all the time, you know? I mean, logistically, think of all the work he'd have to do. No one ever thinks about that, do they? Gone slightly off topic again there, haven't I? As always, this film idea is up for sale, so if any film companies out there want to get in touch with the podcast via email, the address is randallparker1971 at gmail.com. Great stuff. Films that what I would like to see. Yeah, I, I mentioned the incident earlier on, didn't I? Not really supposed to talk about it, but we're all friends here, aren't we? Should I? I don't know whether I should or shouldn't, yeah. Perhaps I shouldn't, yeah. I don't want to get a letter off Rod Jane and Freddie's solicitor. Even though it was a simple mix-up, I mean, a bag of dog muck and a bag of chocolates from the market do look similar, don't they? Randall Parker's Film Fact 80s action star Sylvester Stallone collects Pokemon cards, stating that if Pokemon were real, he'd fucking love a Charmander. Randall Parker's Film Fact Just a quick word about Snatch, the internet dating app I'm currently using. No Bart still. It's been over a month now and I've ticked over 500 women and not one date yet. 
Perhaps I should change my profile picture. I do look a bit like a serial killer. Or a pedo. Or a pedo serial killer. Yeah, definitely a pedo serial killer looking vibe I'm going on there, yeah. I'll get that changed. Yeah, now, mentioned last time that uh, local MP Grant Talbot had recently passed away in a suicide-slash-wanking scenario in his garage. And as a result, there's going to be a by-election for the parliamentary seat of Edgebury. I think it's around about the 18th or 19th of August, something like that. I would also mention that I'd gone down to for a bit of a swim, but the local baths had been closed down by the council. Now, these two events seem to have struck a chord with one or two of you who have emailed in and said that I should stand in the by-election and force the council to reopen the baths. Now, it's very kind of you, but no, I don't think so. Besides, I think you need qualifications and degrees for to be an MP and that sort of stuff, so counts me out, don't it? Randall Parker's Film Face-Off So on to the part of the podcast where I take two films with similar themes or plots and compare the two to see which one I think is the best and which ones you should watch. Well, in reality, you could watch both, but it's just a bit of fun, isn't it, for fuck's sake? Stop going on. So both films this week involve something unwanted growing inside of someone and the subsequent battle to get rid of said thing. That's right, this week's film face-off is sci-fi classic Alien and Oscar-nominated Juno. So Alien is set on a spaceship in the future, whereas Juno is set in Elk City, Minnesota. In Juno, Ellen Page has a baby in a tummy, whereas in Alien, John Hurt has a xenomorph growing in his chest. In Alien, the xenomorph bursts through John Hurt's chest to escape, whereas in Juno, Ellen Page shits the baby out of her front bottom. In Alien, to get rid of the xenomorph, Sigourney Weaver fires it out of an airlock, whereas in Juno, to get rid of the baby, she sells it to the woman of 13 going on 30. And it's because of this fact that the woman out of 13 going on 30 is in it is the main reason that Juno wins this week's film Face-Off. Randall Parker's Film Face-Off Mum's court case over in Amsterdam later this week starts and Mr White is flying over there tomorrow with Dawn Sanders and the lad with one leg from her office. Fingers crossed Mum will be coming home if all goes well. Dawn did say that when she was on the phone to Mum discussing the case, uh, if Mum pleaded guilty, she would probably get a lighter sentence and it would be less harsh on her. So Mum told her to fuck off. While she was on the phone to Dawn, she mentioned that she had a few aces up her sleeve and Theresa May still owes Mum a big favour, so she might get in touch and see if she can sort anything out. It'll actually be nice to get a bit of peace round here, because Mr White's been in a right fucking mood with me hanging around with Mr Van Der Beek. It would have been better if he'd have managed to get Janice from accounts and Milky or Gregor out of Mum's house, but they are refusing to budge. Uh, Mr. Watt did offer him, you know, two grand to fuck off, but they're holding out for at least five. Mr. Van der Beek is also going over to lend Mum support. Uh, before he went yesterday, he said to me how happy he was he'd finally got to meet me, and he was going to keep in touch and gave me a really, really big hug. Yeah, a bit creepy that was. Went on for a bit too long. Randall's Requests Right, so on to our second film this week, and it's been requested by a listener, Dixon Cox, and it's from 2017, directed by a bloke called Jonathan Levine, and it's called Snatched. Now, this one starts off with some woman called Emily, and she gets the sack for being wank at her job. Then her boyfriend dumps her because she's a shit girlfriend, but she's booked holiday to Ecuador, and she can't get a refund on it, so she goes to visit her mum and says to her mum, why don't you come on holiday with me? It won't be shit. 
So off they trot on holiday, and it's a very nice hotel and everything, and everything's going well, and Emily starts to enjoy herself and gets chatted up by some bloke. And they nip off and get pissed, and the next day he says, I'll take you and your mum out for a trip. But when they're out on the trip, they get kidnapped and held to ransom. But they manage to get away, kill a few people, and have a couple of adventures on the way, and that turns them into better people, and everyone loves everyone else, that wanky, hippie, lovey-dovey, shitty way that only ever happens in fucking films. Ratings-wise, I'm going to put this on a par with something like Commander with Arnold Schwarzenegger, because he ran around the place killing blokes in that too. That was snatched. Watch that if you have absolutely no concept of what entertainment is. Randall's requests. As I mentioned earlier, last Tuesday, a friend of the podcast, well, friend's too strong a term really, associate of the podcast, Ken, put on a concert at the church hall where he sang various songs from musicals and popular songs from the It Parade. Songs included Somewhere Over the Rainbow, Climb Every Mountain, Anarchy in the UK, Smells Like Teen Spirits, and Chasing Pavements by Adele. Yeah, it was quite a good turnout, and everyone seemed to be having fun until the dozy sod decided to do an Ed Sheeran medley, and everyone made for the fire exits. Randall recommends. So if you listened last time, I'm sure some of you did, uh, you would have undoubtedly have heard that I've decided for the time being... I'm getting fellow podcasters to recommend a film to you because I'm sick to fucking death of having people moan at me because they think my choice of films are fucking shit. This week's guest needs an introduction like the Queen needs a 2023 calendar. Uh, we've got Joe from Hallmark of Greatness to recommend a film to you, so take it away, Joe. You might be forgiven for thinking that because of the podcast, what I do, that I'd be really into romantic comedies and films about bakeries, but nothing could be further from the truth. Sit me down in front of a fantasy sci-fi bag of nonsense and I'm as happy as a boy made of sand. From the gritty, low-budget British efforts of Krull to the slightly lower-budget, flamboyant British efforts of Flash Gordon, the ability to transport myself to a faraway land where magic and swords and lasers and magical laser swords exist is my ultimate pleasure. You can keep your Lord of the Rings and it's walking slowly everywhere and you can stuff your Chronicles of Narnia Jesus bothering right up your hoop. I want things like Deathstalker and Beastmaster, all greasy men with no tops on, huge swords and women in stupidly impractical boob armour. And with this in mind, I'd like to recommend 2000's Dungeons and Dragons, the film that was supposed to launch a whole universe of D&D films, but then they put everything you could ever want in this one. Why add more to it? It's perfect the way that it is. The film stars Jeremy Zion and what appears to be a cloning mishap between Omri Katz and Jerry O'Connell, as well as several other actors. The plot as it is revolves around Iron trying to find a magic rod to control one of the aforementioned dragons from the title in order to impress a lass up the big castle, and Omri O'Connell's efforts to stop him because he fancies the castle lass as well, but she's the queen and she has her own rod, or something. Along the way, he meets one of the Wyan brothers, a ginger dwarf, and two different tropes of women, as they are chased all over the place by a man in blue lipstick that is definitely not Minsk. Anyway, they run about and get a magic ring off Richard O'Brien out of the Crystal Maze, who's in this as some kind of thief king, and go into the dungeon from the title to get this rod, and then they all have a fight, and it finishes. I'm not really doing this justice, but if you like dragons, dungeons, not that kind, sword fighting not that kind, and magic, then you should watch this twice, and then watch Hawk the Slayer. Yeah, thanks for that, Joe. Thanks for stopping by. 
Okay then. Uh, yeah. Well, it's a bit rude, just storming off. But, uh, so if you want to give Hallmark a greatness, which is Joe's podcast to listen, I'll put a link in the description and you can give it a go. Great stuff. I'd just like to say a big hello to old Joe from next door who is still suffering from a bit of a bad chest. Popped around to see him earlier on and he was well enough to tell me to fuck off when I went for the last jammy dodger. Yeah, get well soon, Joe, you old twat. Well, that's all for this week. Uh, Thank you so much for listening and let's face it, if you didn't, I'd just be a sad, fat, middle-aged man talking about films on me tod. The email address, as always, is randallparker1971 at gmail.com uh, I'd love for you to get in touch. You don't just say that. I do mean it. Uh, to for a bit. Mm-hmm.